0: What special customs do you observe on New Year's Eve? You have to have a piece of black coal, a wee piece of cake, and a wee bottle of whiskey. Coming up on
1: Travel with Rick Steves, we'll have fun exploring the different ways our friends from places like Scotland and Spain, Belgium and Sicily, Hungary and Turkey, bring in the New Year. If you get a knock
2: at your door on New Year's morning in Wales, it might be a child reciting an old-time request. I got up early this morning, I got my stick and I got my bag and I came out and here's my message to you, fill me bag with bread and cheese. To help you plan your party menu, friends living in Italy explain how each
1: different variety of pasta and sauce has its own purpose. The texture on your palate
3: is very important, how they blend together.
1: And we'll find out what's expected of you when you're invited to a house party in Switzerland.
4: Even more daunting is when you leave a few hours later and a few drinks later, you have to go around and say goodbye and remember everyone's name. Enjoy
1: an international New Year's with us in the hour ahead. It's Travel with Rick Steves. A lot of people travel with walls up. Bringing those walls down is what allows you to have those moments where you truly connect with new people and cultures. Rosetta Stone can help take down one of the biggest walls, the language barrier. Rosetta Stone is fun to use, you learn fast, and you can use it on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. For a special discount, go to rosettastone.com slash ricksteves. One way to temper the anxiety that sometimes accompanies the start of the new year is with the time-honored traditions and even superstitions that people observe on New Year's Eve. Coming up, we'll hear about the fun ways many of our friends from other countries bring in the new year. So what's on the menu? Let's open today's Travel with Rick Steves with a look at the countless options you have for preparing Italy's favorite food, a hearty bowl of pasta paired with just the right sauce. Our Italian cuisine experts are back to whet our appetites for preparing a pasta that would make any grandmother in Italy proud. Stacey Gaboni is an American-born artist who moved to Venice for her studies. That's where she met and fell in love with Chef Domenico. And today, she helps him run a restaurant in the Cano Reggio part of town. Caterina Moore operated her own Italian restaurant for several years in southern Oregon. Now, she specializes in introducing American visitors to the pleasures of Italy and its cuisine. Stacey and Caterina, nice to have you back.
3: Oh, I'm happy to be here. Grazie.
1: I understand there's 600 varieties of pasta, something like that, who knows how many, but why, why, Stacey, would there be so many varieties of pasta?
5: Well, I was going to say an encyclopedia full. I didn't know the number, 600, I believe it. That I think it's just the creative abilities of the Italian people in general. They just are constantly have come up with a different form and way to eat their most Basic plate of the day, the pastasciutta is the most important plate of the day, and it's an economic thing to produce if you have a large family. The Italians generally have always had large families.
1: In fact, I heard uh, recently the price of pasta was going up. It and that's, was. That it sent was reverberations through the Italian national
5: crisis. Uh, I mean, how can uh, can how can uh, we make flour? ends meet? Yeah,
1: no way. Uh, pasta, I can't afford it now. Caterina, each different variety would have a different shape, and it would actually have a reason.
3: Exactly. So different shaped pasta will hold sauces in a different way. So sauces that are are long and like a spaghetti, you're going to want to have a sauce that drapes easily and blends in this beautiful, almost dance-like fashion with this incredible pasta. Then on the other hand, you might have a a short ridged pasta, tube-shaped And so that type of pasta, you want the sauce to easily go into that tube shape and rest in there so that when you put this in your mouth, you get this explosion of sauce and pasta together.
1: So the pasta is kind of the the foundation, but what it is, it provides a platform to celebrate the sauces. Absolutely. Could you say that? Well,
3: they're a marriage. They're very important together because you've got a consistency as well as this incredible flavor. So the texture on your palate is very important how they blend together. And that sense of al dente, ah. which means to the tooth, uh-huh. a little bit of toothiness to that pasta really contributes to the experience of the sauce as well.
1: So, Stacy, when you think about, I mean, a lot of uh, sophisticates when it comes to mm. assessing pasta, well, they'll have a problem with the, al dente The i yeah. yes. Yeah, how, talk, how, talk a little bit of that <laughs> from an Italian point of view. Well, Is I, it really? I, I mean, I, two minutes it, in the water can make all the difference.
5: Absolutely, and I, I've learned to uh, be very careful of paying attention to the... Cotura of had my a, pasta. You had an
1: Italian mother-in-law that's been coaching Yes, you, I, think. I
5: have. I think that was an interesting element of course the American coming into a southern Italian family where the cuisine was the basis of the of the family. I had a whole day's lesson in the kitchen. I've never seen a cutting board as large as the one as Nonna Giovanna brought out through on the table. She's only about comes up to my shoulder. a <laughs> small. <laughs> Nonna Giovanna woman, it, Mama, mother was, of 8 children. Oh my god. What's her name? Grandmother is nonna. Okay, Grandma Giovanna. So, okay. And uh, threw out that wood cutting board and then threw out all the, uh, the ingredients and sort of looked at me like, come on, do you know how to do this? And whipped out a knife. So, what serious is serious business? You,
1: you find a lot of restaurants that brag that they, mm. they're homemade pasta. Versus, we brag that yes. at Bentigodi.
5: We brag about that. So,
1: what's the difference?
5: Uh, it's a difference.
1: It's the you have to actually, I mean, it's labor intensive. It's labor
5: intensive, it? but. Th- my husband, Chef Domenico, loves to lay out his own pasta, roll it out, stuff it with fish. Or mm. we do a lot of raviolis, um, mezziluna with the with the sea bass and mm. whatnot. And you can't get that same quality with a dried pasta. Mm. That being said, we don't exclusively use uh, right. fresh pasta because it's very time-consuming. Very, I would think, very, very time-consuming. Time consuming.
1: This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking pasta, and we're joined by Stacey Gaboni and Katerina Moore. And Katerina, there's, I understand there's two categories of pasta. There's long and short. Yes. Basically, Why?
3: Uh, well, the way that they're going to blend with the sauces will be different, mm-hmm. uh, and it's also a regional thing. So, for instance, you go to the region of Umbria, mm-hmm. and you can make a hand-rolled spaghetti there, mm-hmm. which is very special. People think of spaghetti as always being a dried pasta, typically. Mm-hmm. So a hand-rolled uh, pici is absolutely a wonderful uh, conduit for a rich meat sauce that would be a Perhaps. big thing in Umbria,
1: which is more gamey and so on. Absolutely. Exactly. If we think about the long pastas, these are the ones that you can twist around a fork. You've got, well, of course, spaghetti, but what are the uh, sisters of spaghetti? So you've
3: got linguine, you've Buc- got... Bucatini. Uh, Buc- Bucatini. You've got all sorts of... And those are all millimeter fine differences in the thickness of that pasta.
1: So as a chef, you really say, no, 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 this has got to be oh, Bucatini. I mean, oh, come on, you can't yeah. do fettuccine no. with this. So, no, 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 but, no, 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 but, no, no, but, no. But I want vermicelli. Stacy, no, what uh, no, uh, no, no. Stacey, what, what, what would vermicelli be used for? A capellini?
5: Vermicelli is a very thin I like pasta. That. And yes. so I would maybe do aglio, olio, peperoncino, something like that, uh, um, just a, an oil-based pasta. Caterina hmm. uh, would... Be more creative, I'm sure. Well,
3: the idea behind that is perfect because the vermicelli is very, very thin and delicate. Mm-hmm. So the sauce must be very light and delicate. You would never put a heavy meat sauce with vermicelli because it would become a big, gluppy mess. Mm. So on the other hand, something like pici, which is a hand-rolled rustic pasta, mm. then you can put a lovely wild boar sauce with that.
1: You know, I don't know all the differences, but when I've had capellini I always feel happy when the when the when the dish is done.
3: Something special happens in your mouth. And there is something about the delicacy. It's of, delicate. Of, it's very it's very, delicate. very delicate. It's an entirely different experience. It almost melts, doesn't it, it the really capellini? Does. I would think it's you, like dancing you have, on your palate.
1: And I would think there's an issue of it doesn't want to be too tired and and cold you want to have that very fresh it's got to be quick or or it's not going to be the same let's talk short pastas we've got these are the ones that you can spear or scoop with a fork Uh, of course we think of rigatoni or cannelloni
5: Mezzimanica.
1: yeah you think of a penne Mm -hmm. Uh, Stacey, what's what's a good dish with a penne? Oh,
5: penne is my favorite. Actually, Rick, thank you for asking. I love to make a lemon pasta with a little shot of Prosecco right at the end before I'm ready to go. You know, I do live in the Veneto, so got to take advantage of that Prosecco. But Mm -hmm. uh, grade the lemon zest, Mm -hmm. a little butter, a little burro. It's a light sauce. It's not too heavy. You could actually do a heavier sauce with it. But extra cheese.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm a lot of the pastas are just known for their shapes in fact they're they're even named I think for their shapes yes. we've got shell shaped what would that be? Uh, conchiglia 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 butterflies
6: farfalle
1: uh, oh farfalle that's fun mm-hmm. uh, corkscrew fusilli Fusili. Thim- thimbles? Fusili. 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 <laughs> thimbles we got oh
5: mezzemanica <laughs> is a short shirt sleeve uh, no are, are these orra just orra orra little ears I
1: remember that. Mm-hmm. There's there's one that's that's called the priest stranglers what's with that?
3: Prete. Ah, ah. Si. yes.
1: Is that just a gimmick, or what's the... No, no,
3: no. no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got a, a fabulous story behind it, which, at the moment, it doesn't come to me. Okay, but but it, it's a great, involved story, which is very much get, part of the culture. You do
1: get this culture. Amatriciana, yes. what does that mean?
3: Amatriciana is a spicy, uh, fiery so it's sauce. So angry. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Angry. Uh, angry. And so it's got uh, crushed red peppers in it, so it's a tomato sauce with... Uh, yeah, so it's very red.
1: There's so much to know about the pastas, and... Uh, I think the main thing is to find yourself in a good Italian restaurant where you got uh, mon, mon, what is grandma? How do you say?
5: <laughs> non, Nonna Giovanna. N- Nonna's restaurant <laughs> exactly. still alive and well.
1: Uh, Stacy, when you are w- working with your restaurant with your husband, Domenico, I, you always hear about you know f- the family recipes and so on.
5: Oh, oh definitely, we definitely have uh, some family recipes. There is
1: a lot of family pride that goes into this. Absolutely,
5: isn't there? and also like Caterina said, there is that regional pride too for the pasta s- dishes and and what pasta goes with. What, like the farfalle with the broccoli is pretty popular down in Basilicata with some of that local sausage. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: and in the Riviera up in the north, we have trenette, which so happens to work well with pesto. Pesto, pesto yes. So exactly. I, I guess if you're a the chef, Genovese you know, same. if you're going to have pesto, you want to put it on. Now, trenette is not even the same kind of uh, flour, is it? It's it's a different So m- you ingredient. can use
3: semolina, you mm-hmm. can use regular unbleached flours, but it's always zero-zero, uh, which is a very specific Weight of mm-hmm. flour, and that would, that would be a pasta, pasta destined
1: to to carry the pesto.
3: Yeah, because it just marries beautifully together, and it's a really fun experiment to try putting a sauce that isn't traditionally put with a specific shape of pasta uh-huh. and then see how it feels on your palate and that's something I would do in a cooking class is put out both ways and let people actually have that physical experience.
1: But couldn't you step over a line of what is permissible in the traditional cuisine Absolutely. and have people <laughs> and in, in Sicily, my friends would say I throw down my arms.
5: Absolutely. Do you know that phrase? I jump out the window, I yes. Jump, do
1: they say I jump out the window? <laughs> I had a professor who said that all the time. I jump out the window. You put vangolet on the pucca p- 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 cellier. No
5: <laughs> oh, <laughs> me puoi fare. Esatto. <laughs>
3: exactly. Non puoi farlo. This and, is, uh, you know, the truffles in the United States, people got very excited learning about truffles, and then they put it on everything, oh, which yeah, is no. like, oh, mama no, mia, no, non no, puoi farlo. You know, you can't do that. No. As
1: a tour guide, I draw the line on this truffle stuff because if you wanna if you put something con truffy (laughs) I mean like everybody goes, Oh yeah, truffles, it must be great, but it's gotta be in season and it doesn't wanna be just truffle cheap truffle oil. Yes. It needs to be done sparingly.
3: Very sparing.
1: Yes, yeah, so that's a kind of a cheap trick. And there's, you know, the the beautiful thing is find a little mom and pop Italian restaurant mm-hmm. that caters to locals. This is that's true. That's not in a high rent area where it really can offer a good value. And if you see a hearty bunch of local locals that love to eat Italian that go there day after day, you can bet it's a pretty good place.
5: We we generally just go into restaurants and say, well, what would you suggest we eat today?
1: Seasonal. How do you it's say seasonal? in a, Stagione. Stagione. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a, a little special printed sheet with what's going on just today. You know, what's fresh?
5: Or, or just, you know, less printing, more talking.
1: More printing? Yeah, okay, little, I like that. What, I, I, what I know that
5: think? we try to embrace not printing too much and just, you know, chef, what do you, what do you have on the menu today? If, what's, what did you get at the market? What's, what's happening?
1: If you're hell-bent on porcini mushrooms and they're out of season, yeah, you're not doing why, yourself why you a favor to insist on that. Why would want out-of-season
5: porcini? No, thank you, oh,
1: sir. But when the porcini is tasty, slam dunk.
3: Exactly. And mm-hmm. as many different ways that you can try it as possible. So just letting the chef know that you want whatever he wants to prepare for mm-hmm. you is such mm-hmm. a delight because then he just gets to go into his our creative genius and prepare any combination that night. So it's really special. Very nice.
1: Stacey Gaboni, who runs Ristorante Bentigodi in Venezia, in Venice, with her husband, Chef Dominico, and Caterina Moore of Caterina's Trattoria in Jacksonville, Oregon. Mille grazie for a better understanding of pasta and buon appetito
5: buon appetito Rick grazie a presto
1: you can listen to Stacy and Caterina talk about after dinner customs at the table in Italy in our travel with Rick Steves archives you'll find the file in the radio section at ricksteves.com look for program number 425 from November 2015 up next we'll have fun with the many ways people in different countries bring in the new year and later in the hour we'll learn the etiquette that's expected of you when you're invited to a dinner party in Switzerland. Support for Travel with Rick Steves comes from Rosetta Stone, believing that an adventurous spirit and some basic language skills make all the difference when connecting with someone from another culture, offering a method of immersion and speech recognition to help you learn one of 30 languages. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash ricksteves. ¶¶ Are you ready for the new year? Be prepared to get some fun ideas to spiff up your own New Year's celebrations as we learn about the different twists our friends from other countries put on their holidays, including traditions that connect them with years long gone. We'll check in to see how our friends from Spain and Portugal, Belgium and Holland, Wales, Hungary, and Turkey are planning to celebrate the new year. A little later, we'll also hear about the clever ways people in Sicily try to guarantee good luck for the year ahead. And a warm welcome the Scots offer every New Year. Let's start out with our friends Nina Derricks and Ferdi Mengi. They're here to tell us what greeting the New Year was like when they grew up in Belgium.
7: We have a really nice tradition in Belgium where the little children, even from kindergarten onwards, learn to read a letter. In that case, kindergarten, you learn it by heart. And in that letter, um, you address your parents and you promise to be a good child for a whole year. You also promised this to your godmother and to your godfather. Yes. But this tradition is getting more and more complicated in schools now because there are more and more divorces. Oh, yeah. So kids turn up to have too many parents and grandparents. And Lots of letters. Too many letters. And,
8: and I remember that that also kids, I mean, there were kids like 10, 12 year old reading the New Year's letter or the New Year's brief, like we say. And now they're they're more like from first elementary, second, and a third. It's already beginning to. So this is rare. a
1: genuine New Year's resolution kind of thing. Yeah, it's, thing. Yes. it's It has nothing to, to do parents. with some sort of a fake no, no, no. Santa Claus
7: or anything. Yeah. This is it's real. To news. your parents
1: or to you or your you yeah. grand. Uh, What's the name of that in Flemish?
7: Uh, New Year's brief.
1: Uh, New Year's brief. Uh, yeah. It's so mm. fun to talk to both of you about this because you're both lighting
8: up like children here. remembering. <laughs> well, it that's, brings back memories. I mean, I I thought it was a fantastic time.
7: Yeah, and also uh, on the first. New Year's Day, little kids are sent out to go and wish everybody, sing New Year's Day wishes yeah. to everybody in the village. So mm-hmm. you stitch up a tea towel till it forms a bag, hang it around your neck, go from door to door, kind of like Halloween trick and treat. You
1: stitch up a tea towel to make a bag? Yes, hang it make... around
7: your neck. And ah. in there, you sing from door to door, happy New Year, wish all the best for the New Year. And then either the lady opens the door or not, and then you sing a nasty song. But you get sweets, but unfortunately nowadays you get some coins thrown Yeah, some
8: coins. Oh, coins. And what we else did is three kings. Three koninge. Yeah. I remember me That's Epiphany. Goli. That's yeah, the uh, epiphany. January 6th. Yeah.
7: You dress up as the oh, three kings? Oh, we dressed
8: had, up. We had a star and we would sing door to door. And of course, in the old days, it was trick-or-treat. You get candies. But on mm. the end, we wanted the money. We wanted to see coins. because It that was, was like
7: treasure hunting. That treasure whole hunting. period is fantastic. And that
8: was, that was a time that really, I still remember it was like, just yesterday. Please, sing me Three Kings. Uh, dree koningen, drie koningen, geef mij een nieuwe noot. Mijn moeder mag het niet weten. Vader heeft
7: Rooster geteld.
8: In de rooster geteld. That's it. I mean, it's been 50 years I mean, <laughs> or <of> 40 years. <laughs> Good memory. Yes. Now, what is that? What did it mean in English? Uh, it means actually uh, Three Kings, Three Kings. Give me uh, a new hat. Give me a new hat. My old one is wearing out. Mm-hmm buy me a new hat, and my dad already counted the money to buy me a new hat. And okay. don't
7: tell my mum that yeah, my old hat has worn out. Yeah, and don't yeah. tell my mom that... You, yeah. And
8: That's then it.
1: they'll toss some goodies into
8: the oh, bag yeah. you yeah. Hopefully, otherwise t- you
7: t- get a nasty song. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we will <laughs> ask you to sing a nasty wants, song. Yeah. Can you please,
1: just because I love the Flemish language, <laughs> wish our listeners across America a holiday greeting from Belgium?
8: Eenzalig en gelukkig en een
1: voorspoedig nieuwjaar. And Nina, can you give us
8: something? I just
7: couldn't improve on that, because that's (laughs) the one.
1: And I would say, dank (laughs) u wel. Alsjeblieft. Graag gedaan. Graag gedaan. And let's celebrate New Year's in Portugal. I'm joined by Cristina Duarte. Cristina, thank you for being with us. Thank you. Happy New Year. How do you say Happy New Year in Portuguese? Uh, Um, bom ano. And if you were in Lisbon on midnight, on New Year's Eve, what would happen?
9: Uh, Fireworks, of course. Huge Fireworks. You want to go to the major places in the major squares, and uh, either Commerce Square or in the area, nearby the Berlin Tower, they do huge fireworks. Because there is no bar open, though nothing about, so everybody steps and bring their own champagne bottle, and after a while we are just sharing. <laughs> so thousands of people gathering yeah, exactly, in the main square with exactly. their own champagne with bottle. own champagne, their champagne with, say with their own raisins, because you don't want to to lose them. What's I mean, a raisin? Uh, a raisin is uh, something that you eat with 12, the 12 um, times of the uh, bell. So you have so, a dried
1: grape and you're yes. going to eat this 12 times. Yeah,
9: exactly. 12 times with 12 wishes. So sometimes it's kind of uh, <laughs> so, it's so difficult. So to, at midnight you've got thousands
1: <laughs> of people on the main square yeah. with their bottle of <laughs> champagne, <laughs> champagne and one when, 12, 12, <laughs> 12 raisins at the striking of the clock, twelve, dong, yes, dong, dong, dong,
9: as they were one, two, and make a wish, make a wish. So after the fifth, you don't know no longer what to wish for the year. <laughs>
1: You've been enjoying your champagne. <laughs> yes. Now you got to remember your twelve wishes. To eat those raisins <laughs> to celebrate the new year yes. in yes. Lisbon. That sounds like fun.
9: It's very, very fun. And afterward, most of these places, they have also concert music, so go on on until 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock. So it is a, a great uh, opportunity for the outsiders if they don't have an opportunity to go into a private party. They have these public areas that are wonderful.
1: Do us a favor. Wish our listeners in the United States a uh, Happy New Year from Portugal.
9: Um bom e próspero ano novo a good and a prosperous prosperous new year, year. obrigado de nada
1: Turkey didn't adopt the Gregorian calendar until 1926. Nine years later, they made January 1st an official national holiday. Melika Seval's been showing visitors around her home country for four decades. She's the author of Step-by-Step Step Ephesus, and she lives in nearby Izmir. Melly joins us now for a look at how the Turks are celebrating the new year. Meli, does Turkey uh, celebrate... New Year's with all the festivities that you find in the United States and the rest of Europe?
10: Especially in the last 20 years, we've been very regularly celebrating the New Year. I think it's more of the Western influence. Generally, people stay with the family until 12 o'clock, and then at 12 o'clock, the municipalities organize fireworks, big concerts in the center of the city, so everybody goes there and watch and meet each other. They generally don't get drunk, but there's always some precaution taken. You get free ride by the police on New Year's Eve, which is really great. And generally on the TV we have lots of belly dancing, fun stuff.
1: So is there an actual countdown at midnight? Oh yes. In America we have the big thing in Times Square, in New York, and so on. Do you have something? The some, Apple. What do you have in in Istanbul?
10: No, nothing like the Big Apple, but big screams. So at midnight, everybody goes out and screams. At midnight, everybody
1: screams. And is there a a traditional meal that the family enjoys on New Year's?
10: I think we eat just everything. Lots of nuts.
1: And everybody's out, and then after midnight, the party starts to... The party
10: starts after midnight. Until midnight, we're always with our elders.
1: Ah, respecting the elders. Respecting
10: the elders. It's very important. At midnight, the elders go to sleep. Yeah, right after 12, they've had one more year I don't know if they're happy or not. They go to sleep and then the rest will go out. And then in uh, a Muslim country, alcohol
1: is not a really a part no, of the, not the scene. In Turkey. So not you don't have a, it's not a there's not a big alcohol factor.
10: No, they do drink, but it's not a big problem. Not a
1: big part of it or it's not a, and if somebody does uh, drink, the police actually volunteer. The police volunteer. actually
10: volunteer. They give you a door-to-door service in their police car with the lights turned off.
1: Is there a tradition where you have a New Year's resolution and promises to exercise next year or, or uh, eat oh, less? Oh, I uh, guess we so do uh, that
10: every Monday.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then is there something in the in the countryside? Do people watch on TV? Is there a, a big center on TV? Would there be movie we, stars?
10: So we watch what's happening in Australia. We watch what's happening in other parts of Europe. So we become quite international that
1: evening. So you connect with the world as the world celebrates the New Year. Yes. Millie, do you have a New Year's wish for... Uh, for Turkey for the next year.
10: Yes, I wish peace and happiness and good health and I want to say it in Turkish. Çok mutlu seneler hepinize.
1: And literally what was that?
10: Very happy years to you.
1: Say it once more in Turkish.
10: Çok mutlu seneler hepinize.
1: And how do I say happy new year to you too?
10: Sana da mutlu yıllar.
1: Sana da mutlu yıllar. Ya. Almost.
10: Happy new year. <laughs> happy Thanks. Happy new year. <laughs>
1: Martin DeLandiewicz specializes in the stories and legends of his native Wales. He's here to tell us about the Welsh
2: customs for starting out the New Year.
1: Do, do the Welsh just uh,
2: have the same traditions as the English, or how would you celebrate New Year's Eve in Wales? New Year's Eve in Wales nowadays is uh, much done the same as it is elsewhere. We tend to have the fireworks. Now, what's the drink of choice? Are people drinking wine or hard liquor or beer or what? Beer is the most popular drink. In it. Beer was, it was wassailing. Uh, which in Wales, the blessing of orchards for fruit coming. And that was done in beer. The other one that custom we got at New Year's in Wales was Kalenig or Klenig, uh, depending if you came, Klenig in, in North Wales influential and Kalenig down in the South Wales, where groups of children would come to your house and, and you were supposed to give them money. They give What would they do in return? Would they sing? Would they? they would, uh, poems, there would be some singing, uh, one of the old... Uh, Klen- Young
1: people come door to door reading right. uh, reciting poetry yes, so yes. well. And then you, you give them a present?
2: Yes, one of them is "Mi um, godais heddiw Maas awesome o And this is from South Wales I'm cod am pastwm gyda A neges ar eich traws Sef llanwn a barachaws. And what this is is um, I got up early this morning, I got my stick and I got my bag and I came out and here's my message to you, fill me bag with bread and cheese. Fill <laughs> <laughs> my bag with bread and cheese. Would bread and cheese satisfy the kids these days? Well, no, I don't think so.
1: Now in the United States, we uh, dedicate the uh, first day of the year to overcoming the partying from the last night and watching a great football game. What's, what's the activity on the first day of the year in
2: Wales? You get New Year's rugby because rugby ah. is the game, particularly in South Wales, but again, traditions and played at Christmas uh, there was a game New Year's called, rugby. Is it sort of a, yeah. the big cup game then? Yeah. You, you get oh, New Year's. It's, it's not the big cup games, but it's all over Christmas. On Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, and on New Year's Day, you get these rugby games. And in days gone by, and we're talking, ooh, certainly recorded in the 17th century, there was a game called Knappan, which approximated to rugby, but it was played between whole villages. And there they they were some wow. horrible, bloody things, where all you had to do was get this thing from one village to the other one to win. And... Oh dear, broken bones, head and throat. I love the way that every culture celebrates the holidays
1: a different way, and every culture has its own way to wish someone a happy Christmas and a beautiful New Year. Wish me in Welsh a happy
2: holiday. Now, dolly, now i that And specifically, what was that? That was Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
9: Good
1: Elizabeth Van Hest grew up in the Netherlands, and now she helps visitors appreciate the artistic treasures of Europe as a tour guide. She joins us now on Travel with Rick Steves for a peek at New Year's celebrations in Holland. Elizabeth, as the year ends and a New Year starts, what happens in the Netherlands?
11: Contrary to Christmas, it's more a celebration with friends. It can be with your relatives, and you usually have a party at home. You eat very special uh, oliebollen.
1: Olibola, what Oliboli? is that?
11: Oh, how can I explain you? Do you know when I say beignet, Olibola is something you make a mixture and you put it in the oil.
1: Oh, it's like a donut, a sweet, yes, a sweet yes, donut. in exactly. It, uh, okay, right.
11: And it can have different shapes, but the real olébola is a round ball and you can put raisins in it. Ah. So, and then when it is cooked, when it is hot, you dip it in sugar.
12: Right. Like powdered, powdered sugar. sugar right?
11: Yes. Or you eat apple flopper. That is a bit the same, but there is apple inside. And, of course, (laughs) you wait until it is 12 o'clock. Well, then is the big, big, big kissing.
1: Is that right? Tell me, Take me right up to New Year's. What happens?
11: Yes. You usually wait until the clock strikes 12. Well, now I suppose everybody is doing this with television. Mm -hmm. And so you wait. It is 12 o'clock. It gives the sign. And up, you have to kiss each other and uh, wish you Happy New Year. It's not my best thing because I start to cry because there is so much emotion. And then everybody runs out of the house and they start to put a firework. Okay. Well, all the neighbors come outside. You can have an accident, of course, so it's always a little bit scary because it's real firework and the children play with it. Uh, But that's the way we celebrate it.
1: And do people make New Year's resolutions in the Netherlands? Do they make promises for the New Year, how they'll make their life better or anything like this?
11: Oh, I think all smokers, they decide not to smoke anymore. Of course. (laughs) Next year. (laughs) All those who have uh, a few pounds (laughs) uh, um, over, well, they decide to go on a diet. But maybe this goes up until the 1st of January at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I
1: think that's pretty international. And uh, what's the big drink for New Year's Eve in the Netherlands?
11: Well, I suppose it used to be beer because that is our drink in the Netherlands. I think now... Everybody will drink champagne at 12 o'clock.
1: Champagne. Yeah. So Christmas is family and religious time and New Year's Eve is a party with friends.
11: Yes, or with your relatives. Or with but your But it relatives. is more, you see, it's more lively. It's more funny. It's, well, the original Christmas celebration was more, I would say, more religious.
1: More thoughtful and religious. Well, the Dutch are very good at having a good party. I know that. Oh. And please, how do you say Happy New Year in Dutch?
11: Gelukkig Nieuwjaar. New Year. Gelukkig means happy. And New Year is New Year.
1: Dank u wel. Gelukkig New Year. Graag gedaan. In a country famous for its year-round nightlife, people are stocking plenty of cava to toast the Noche Vieja on the streets of Madrid. That's where Federico Garcia Barroso makes his home. Federico, what will we find on New Year's Eve in Spain? A big party, a big party for everybody. Let's go all together to Puerta del
13: Sol, which is uh, Spain Times Square, and we'll have a big celebration. Local people, we have a very, very nice tradition, which is to eat 12 grapes at the same time that we are listening to those 12 chimes. Try to synchronize that, which is a little bit difficult sometimes, all right? Um, well, you finally succeed, you s- supposedly will have a, a very
1: happy new year, health, money and love, of course. All health, year. money and love. So yeah. you're you're popping those grapes into your mm-hmm. mouth 12 times in mm-hmm. sync with the ringing of the clock mm-hmm. on the main square in Spain with mm-hmm. thousands of people watching, mm-hmm. all of the country tuned in on television.
13: All the country, the whole country watching the television and just enjoying that uh, moment, that a specific moment of the 12 chimes the 12 Grapes, And it's coming, actually, also from another, (laughs) I would say, another historical reason. Uh, At the very end, the very end of the 1800s, there was an extra production of grapes all over Spain. And those wine producers, they had to do something with those grapes. And they created that new tradition to eat
1: grapes, you know, in New Year's Eve. And it stuck. And that's one way to get good luck, I guess, for the New Year. Are there any other ways to get good luck for the New Year? Well, red underwear. Red underwear? (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) You have some red underwear? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Do they work? That's in case. Yes, it works, yeah. <laughs> and what's the craziest thing you've ever been involved in at midnight on New Year's Eve? <laughs>
13: I'm a good boy, you know. <laughs> I really I'm really a good boy, you know. I wouldn't so be just, able to touch just you know? noise
1: making and maybe <laughs> kissing your partner, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like all over the world. Federico Garcia Barroso wish America a happy New Year in Spanish. Would you please? Queridos amigos, americanos y americanas, Feliz Año Nuevo a todos. Feliz Año Nuevo, for everybody, a todos. Mm-hmm, exactly. Gracias. De nada. Wear the grapes, let's pop to all of those grapes quick. <laughs> and I'm glad I'm wearing my red underwear. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cuando da la una, José, se siente en la pan, con
1: If you get invited to a dinner party at someone's house in Switzerland, it helps to know a few pointers that Deacon Bewes discovered. Find out about Swiss party etiquette and learn where else people wear red underwear on New Year's Eve to guarantee good luck for the year ahead. That and the home of old Lang Syne. It's just ahead on Travel with Rick Steves. Scottish poet Robert Burns brought us the song Auld Lang Syne. We'll hear how the Scots really go all out for the New Year, from superstitions to observe at home at the stroke of midnight to the big Hogmany street party in Edinburgh. Stay with us as we get in tune with the New Year's traditions of Scotland, Sicily, and Hungary in just a bit on today's travel with Rick Steves. First, British-born Dickon Buse discovered a few surprises about Switzerland when he moved to Bern. For example, When you're invited to a dinner party at someone's house, there are a few things you ought to know in order to make a good impression on the Swiss.
4: First of all, you have to be on time. That is the done thing. And when you arrive, when you get into the room, you have to greet everyone who is already there. You make eye contact, you shake hands quite firmly, and you give your name. You say, hello, Rick. And that's the first thing you do even before you have a drink. So it's that important. So you
1: talk about coming early so that you don't have to, if you're early there, you have a smaller group of people that you have to meet individually.
4: Well, this is why I'm sure all Swiss people are punctual, because (laughs) if you arrive first, you don't have to do any of it. If you're first there, then all the other people who arrive after you have to do all the work. So I think this is the root of Swiss punctuality. And it can feel a bit daunting uh, going into a room full of strangers and having to greet everyone and smile and say hello. Even more daunting is when you leave a few hours later and a few drinks later, you have to go around and say goodbye and remember everyone's name.
1: So you don't just say thanks to the host and, and chow. You, you do go around the room. No,
4: I, I, of course, made that mistake. Even in a room full of friends, I just said bye, everyone, because I didn't want to go around and make a big <laughs> deal of taking half an hour to oh, leave. Oh,
1: that barbaric Englishman.
4: Oh, oh, horrendous. I got texts the next day saying, did I offend you during the evening because you didn't say goodbye?
1: You write in your book, Swiss Watching, that there's three different levels of hello.
4: Yes, there's the very almost formal one where you don't know the person. And so you literally just exchange names, whether that's first names or last names. And it's sort of like a passing pleasantry. Then there's the level where you have met someone before. And so you feel that you should say, oh, how are you? And oh, it's ages since I last saw you, something like that. But you know that you have to get on and get around the room before you can have a drink. And then there's the last level, which is for people you do actually know and have met before, probably on first name terms, So then the handshake is supplemented by three kisses, one on either side and then a third one for luck. But it has to be someone you know very well. And so definitely not someone you've never met before. Definitely not someone you're only on last name terms with. It's a minefield.
1: You, You survive this minefield and then, okay, now you've been introduced and you've got your munchies and you got your drink. What would the drink be, by the way?
4: Uh, typically at a aparo or a drinks party, it's a prosecco, a sparkling white wine, mm-hmm. um, and then you would move on to wine with dinner. And then comes the next complication over dinner. You have to know how to say cheers properly. And again, I did the wrong thing my first time. I just did what most British people do. You hold up your glass and say, cheers, everyone, and take a swig. Whereas in Switzerland, the host has to start and you do it individually around the table, making eye contact, clinking glasses with each other, using their name because he learned it earlier in the evening. So I would look you in the eye and say, cheers, Rick, and you would say, cheers, Dick. And and you have to do that with everyone around the table before you can take a drink.
1: Now, what about uh, the topics of conversation? Uh, How enthusiastic are the Swiss about small talk? What about getting personal, uh, the humor, talking about sex and money?
4: Definitely not sex and money, and humour kind of falls into that category as well. It's something private for family and friends. Small talk in Switzerland tends to be tiny. A typical conversation in January would be me coming in from outside saying, oh, it's cold outside, and the Swiss reply inevitably is, well, it's winter. (laughs) Um, And they can't see the point of talking about the weather because it's self-evident because you can look outside the window. So for a lot of English speakers, small talk can be a hurdle because it tends to be one-word answers.
1: Dickin Buse is the author of Swiss Watching and Slow Train to Switzerland. He explores why the Swiss are deliberately different from the rest of Europe and travel with Rick Steves' program number 413. You can find that interview in the radio archives at ricksteves.com from August 2015. For a completely different cultural experience, let's go to Sicily. Tour guides Tommaso Ponte and Alfio de Moro join us now for a look at how their spirited island, an island they call the land of organized chaos, gets ready for the New Year in a big way. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thank you, Thank Rick. You. If we're in
13: Sicily, what do we do on New Year's Eve? You know, what do we do is, we have a way to say, Natale con i tuoi, Capodanno con chi vuoi. That means you are going to spend the Christmas with your family, and then New Year's Eve with your friends.
1: Say so, that again. That's interesting. So Christmas with your family, New Year's Eve with your friends. Exactly. In so Italiano. Natale
13: con i tuoi, that means with your Family with your relatives and Capodanno con chi vuoi. Tommaso, is that the same for you?
14: Yes, it's exactly the same. Uh, New Year's Eve is a very special moment for us uh, to have uh, big meals, uh, big dinner especially. What's, Our a typical, what's a
1: typical dinner for New Year's?
14: Typical dinner is fish. Uh, we eat a uh, lots of uh, fish, uh, so codfish above all. Even in Sicily, we don't produce any codfish because we import it from Norway. But anyway, this is, especially in the area where we live, this is a big, uh, very important meal. But also we prepare smoked salmon, uh, shrimps, uh, mussels, and so on. 25 to 35 a person, and uh, we spend the night all together.
1: It's a big social time. Yes, it yes. is. The, re- the religion was on Christmas, now let's party. Exactly. Yes, that's
14: exactly. part. We that's have to it celebrate is. now. Okay.
1: <laughs> now, what about the drinking? Is there a lot of drinking? Wine. Wine.
14: wine. wine. <laughs> Sicilian wine, of course, because we have a big production of wine, so our red Sicilian wine, Nero d'Avola, Rosso dell'Etna, cerasolo di Vittoria, delicious wine, or white wine. In this case, with fish, of course, you drink, you prefer white wine this okay. is important for us to associate the right wine for the right
1: food uh, so you always match the wine with with the food okay it's 10 minutes to midnight we're in sicily what's going through your mind what's happening next
14: Okay. We eat, first of all, grapes. Huh? So you're still eating. It's 10 <laughs> yes. minutes in the night. Yes. means we prepare a big, you know, uh, grapes and lentils because this is the symbol of money. So if you eat the first, and uh, for those people who want to travel, they touch, they hand the the trolley on the luggage. So the first thing that they have to touch is a baggage, a, a trolley.
1: Really? So if you this is a time to start the new year correctly. If you want to travel, you'll, you'll hang on to your suitcase. Yes. If you yeah. want better love, what do you do?
13: Well, usually you know what you do, and that is something very traditional, but, you know, it is something that we always do, and we all do. We wear red underwear.
1: It's kind of a yes. good luck thing. Really? Yes. Yes, a
14: red New underwear, exhibit, especially red for the underwear. women.
1: Women wear red underwear. And very, uh, yeah. What and kind of luck?
13: <laughs> you know, it's kind of a good... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good, luck for, <laughs> good, ar- good ar- luck for the
13: New Year,
1: yes. Buona fortuna. Buona fortuna. Buona fortuna. Buona fortuna and my underwear are red. <laughs> say that in Italian to me.
13: Buona fortuna. Le mie mutande sono rosse. <laughs>
1: Buona fortuna. Le mie mutande, everything is red. Can you wear underwear all year long that's red for better luck or only on New Year's?
13: No,
14: year? only in New Year's Eve.
13: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You have a special you... pair of underwear that you wear yeah,
13: only You, on yes. you buy
1: <laughs> a new one every year.
13: Really? Yes. You go to a market the in, the end, in December you'll find red underwear You, go to yeah. market, you negotiate the price for
1: two euros yeah. something like and that, some and of them are
14: with to... a really nice decoration in the front
1: Yeah? What kind of decoration? Oh
14: well <laughs> you can imagine
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very nice Okay Is there a countdown? Do you turn the TV on and watch something in Rome or do you run under your balcony and make noise? Yes, or what you, yes you do that
14: oh, works, so. you know these kind of things Yeah
1: And then the next day what's the tradition on the first day of the year? Fam- that
14: Everything is that right. All the people you know they are in bed down well, one o'clock or yeah, so. Yeah, <laughs> usually there is a kind of a
13: brunch late during the day. You know, after a late brunch, a late brunch, and then there yeah. is usually for uh, the survivors actually a dinner, a dinner on the first of the year, just to try to eat all of the left. Leftovers? Leftovers, yeah. And you
1: change your underwear.
13: Yes, of course you do. You
14: must. Otherwise, you know, it's bad luck in that case. Yes. With the red, you know, underwear (laughs) in the first of years. You know, it is
13: also interesting because, and this is something common, sometimes you stay with your family until midnight and then you go Go. and have Ah, a party after that. Then
1: you go and you find the people more of your age and have your crazy, crazy time. Yes, I've done that many times. In your best Sicilian, can you please wish me a happy new year? Ti faccio i
13: miei auguri per l'anno nuovo. Bon anno. Tanta felicità. Tanta felicità
14: e tanta ricchezza e buon anno.
1: And what did that mean, Tommaso?
14: Have a new, uh, great new year, happiness and richness. <laughs> All right. Mille grazie and a happy new year
13: to you also. Grazie. grazie.
0: Come on to my house and my house, I'm gonna give you candy. Come on to my house in my house, I'm gonna
10: give you everything.
1: One of the great cities of Central Europe, Budapest, would also be a great place to welcome in the year. For a look at the New Year's customs of Hungary, we're joined now by Italka, Parini, Barretz, and Lavante What goes on in Budapest and in Hungary on New Year's Eve?
6: It's another reason to have a party. In Budapest, people go to restaurants, or most of them just stay in the streets and enjoy the life.
1: It's cold out in Hungary. And, no yes. matter.
14: Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: You're right about that. It's freezing. And the and the streets are filled with people. Filled with people. They, everybody buys these cheap horns that they just blow all night long until they just go completely useless. And, you know, a lot of alcohol, a lot of friendships are made. Merry-making. 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 In small towns, what would it be like in a village in the countryside of Hungary?
6: Everybody is happy, and young people organize parties, so-called house parties or home parties. They come together, sing, talk... And sometimes they play uh, together. And at midnight, it's very important to say cheers. Egeshigedre with the champagne. Egeshigedre.
1: Egeshigedre.
6: Egeshigedre. Or the Tell again, teach
1: me. Ega. Egeshigedre. Egeshigedre. Very good. To I your help. I'll remember that. To your help. To That's your literally Zumvor, like in yeah, Zumvor. Yeah. So at midnight you have your glass yeah. and you, you toast. You That's toast,
6: right? yeah. And what is important, we all sing our national anthem.
1: You do yeah. at midnight. We do. Yeah, we, we don't we do. don't sing it very
13: often. Hungarians yeah. are very careful with the national anthem issue. It doesn't get sung every
1: ball game or just, you know, all kinds of rendition of it you really sing it only a few times very solemn and uh wow and that's years. after midnight so you have the uh, the drink the the toast yeah. the kissing or whatever and then you sing a little of your national anthem. And
8: most of the people
6: watch the television that time, even yeah. for the, a few minutes, and through the television, you listen the national anthem, and we sing together. It's such a nice uh, moment. The whole country together yeah, singing the national anthem. The whole country. Anthem, whole country n- and, n- led and, by the night. television. And as Leventa mentioned, we do not sing uh, the national anthem just every day, because it's a sad song, and you should have a reason to sing. And whenever I hear, even today, I just stand up and wait till the end of Wow, a it's an a
8: highly revered song.
1: Would you mind singing just a couple, a couple lines of it that would that be, to share with uh, our American audience? Of course. Why don't you start? <laughs>
6: okay. Isten áld meg a magyar Jó kedvel bűséggel Nyújts felé evítőkart Ha küzd ellenséggel, Balsos, akit régen
1: tép,
6: Vég esztendőt, Megbűnhődte már enép a múltads jövendőt.
13: Egy háltozok, hogy a, a penna miről?
1: yeah I can feel do you know that I can feel that that's beautiful. That's a uh, weaving the the cultural pride into the celebration yeah. of the new year very much so. and I, I think we could almost guess what the lyrics were talking about. It's just great to be Hungarian that's and life right. is good yeah. and let's do good next year
6: and you know wherever i travel i'm I'm really proud to be Hungarian.
1: thank you. Tell me happy new year's if you if you would like to in Hungarian
6: boldog, but we do not wish only happy new year we say uh, Egészségekben we, gazdag, boldog új We say that Happy New Year with health. With health.
1: Yes. And then in my good Hungarian, I can say thank you. Köszönöm. <laughs> Szévesen. The creative Celtic spirit is in full bloom as the three-day hogman street party in Edinburgh makes it one of Europe's biggest festivals for New Year's complete with what's said to be the biggest midnight fireworks display in the world. Whether you like crazy crowds or prefer a more intimate observance at home, Anne Doig and Ken Hanley are here to tell us why Edinburgh, Scotland, is a grand place to welcome in the new year. Anne and Ken, thanks for joining us.
12: You're very welcome. Thank you for having us.
1: us. Are you looking forward to New Year's in Edinburgh? (sighs) Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. How do you celebrate New Year's
0: Eve in Edinburgh? Uh, Very traditionally. I know we have what's said to be the biggest street party in the world, But, you know, if you're going for tradition, which I still do and Anne still does, then you make sure the house is clean. (laughs) So the house, in other words, has got to be clean. And you make sure that you've got enough drink for your friends and things like that. People go first-footing. And to go first-footing properly, you have to have a piece of black coal, a wee piece of cake and a wee bottle of whiskey. What's first-footing? It goes, you go t- to friends, you just tap well, you a door. Go visiting and, and they're not you know. going to turn you away. Absolutely not. And I think if your first footer, uh, traditionally in Scotland, is tall, dark and handsome, that means that you're going to have a year of good luck.
12: It's quite interesting. It has to be dark. And I wonder if anyone knows why it has to be a dark mm. person. Dark here it dates back to the attacks by the Vikings, the blonde, tall Vikings. If you're blonde, you might be a threat. So it had to be a dark person. And you open at the strike of midnight, you open your front door and rush through and open the back door. So you're welcoming in the new year and letting the old year out. So there's all these traditions that we adhere to.
1: <laughs> wow. Now, is there something that is like a countdown in, in Edinburgh?
12: It's fireworks, really. There's a big street party, you see, so they'll be counting down on the stage. There are entertainers and bands playing. And then all of a sudden, there's an explosion of fireworks over Edinburgh Castle. But then
1: you get down with your neighbours and you open your front door. Absolutely. And you open the back door.
0: Yes. Total strangers can turn up at your door and everyone's welcome. And they come in and you offer a drink, you offer a piece of cake, you have a wee blether, you know, and then That's you move talk. along. And a wee blether is a wee little wee blether talk. is a little <laughs> talk. Aye. Have a wee blether. And it then sort of
12: gets known in the community who's got open house. That's what happens. Aye. And if you've got open house, then everyone piles in to visit you. If
1: you're in Scotland on New Year's Eve, it's just like one big open house. People are on the streets, they've got their coal and their drink and their cake, and they're going to yep. knock on a stranger's door and celebrate the
12: New Year.
0: Absolutely.
1: We all sing "Old uh, Lang, Lang Syne." Yeah, yeah, you yeah. We that? do. That's yeah. Scottish, isn't it? Yes, yes. Robert Burns. That's yeah. Robert Burns. What yes. What does that mean, "Old Lang Syne"?
12: For the sake of Old Lang Syne, a lot of different interpretations. I would say for old friends, remembering, remembering friends for for friendship's sake. And you know the song. Sing the song for me.
0: It's uh, all sentimental, yeah. uh,
12: song, old, sentimental song. You know,
0: Don't be forgotten, never brought to mind. Should all the acquaintance, acquaintance be, be forgot, forgot For the sake of all lang syne Now, here's the hand, my trusty friend And here's the hand, oh mine And it goes on And, and you're all it. holding hands It's this inbuilt thing in the Scots That, uh, you know, it's been great to see you We don't want to see you go But because you're going away for the sake of Old Lang Syne, keep that memory, keep everything that heartfelt thing. So
5: that's sure.
1: the, the punchline of the lyric for the sake of Old Lang Syne, the
12: old good old times.
1: For the sake of Old Lang Syne, Happy New Year. <laughs> and happy,
12: a happy New
0: Year. To All you. the best to you. Happy <laughs> New Year, Rick Boy. And there's a hand,
14: my trusty friend, and these are.
8: Travel with Rick Steves is produced at Rick Steves Europe in Edmonds, Washington by Tim Tatten
3: with Sarah McCormick
8: and Isaac Kaplan-Wulner.
3: We get technical help from Jonathan Lee, Andrew Wakeling
2: and our theme music is by Jerry Frank.
3: You can listen again,
2: browse our archives and find guest
1: information in the details for each week's show
3: in the radio section of ricksteves.com.
1: All of us at Travel with Rick Steves wish you a clean house, good blather and a wee piece of cake for the new year. Support for Travel with Rick Steves comes from Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone believes that knowing even just a little bit of a new language can help take down barriers so your trip can be truly memorable. Helping people learn language for more than 20 years, it's now available on smartphones and tablets. Learn more at rosettastone.com slash ricksteves.